1: You know what time it is, come on, weekend, warrior, podcast, let me hear you, come on, weekend, warrior, podcast, weekend warrior pot, let's go, no hot takes, no garbage, just real talk, weekend warrior pot, let's go, no fake takes, no first takes, just real talk, weekend warrior pot, let's go.
0: to school, back to school, to prove to dad that I'm not a fool. I got my lunch packed up, my boots
1: tied tight. I hope I don't get in a fight. Oh, back to school, back to school, back to school. That's right, boys and girls, it's back to school time. May not mean much to you, but it does to me as a teacher. Anyways, summer's over. But that means football season's upon us. This is the Weekend Warrior Podcast, presented by WTP Sports. I'm your host, as always, Pat Lane. Uh, Tonight is episode 69. Nice. Uh, That's the Julius Adams episode. Julius Adams wore for two years, so that still counts. The Jared Allen episode. Or, of course, perhaps, and most famously, the Reggie Ray episode. Frosty Blues, gotta love it. Also, want to send a quick shout out to everyone listening on Twelve Hour Sports Radio. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'm excited to be part of you know really kind of up and coming sports radio program. So if you're not listening to Twelve Hour Sports Radio already, you should be. But if you're listening on there, I appreciate it. Uh, Tonight, super excited. We have a Patriot season preview. Ryan Spaggs coming on the show. Uh, He hosts the Wise Guy Podcast. He's a writer for Pat's Pulpit. He writes for WTP Sports as well. So excited to have him on the show again. Um, and then, as always, get my three minute drill and this week in sports history. Now, before I get you into that interview, okay, uh, yes, the the fantasy football season is starting, which means the fantasy football season is starting as well. Uh, so you may not have a draft yet because you may be listening to this after the season has started on Thursday. That's okay. Eatsleepfantasy.com helps you all the way through the season. Not just with the draft, because the draft, you know, the draft can help you, obviously, but it's about the in-season management that you do. Stick with Eat Sleep Fantasy the whole way. Okay? You make roster decisions. You can make decisions about whether trades are good or not, what guys to focus on, what guys to maybe target, what guys to move, everything like that. So stick with them. Again, go to eatsleepfantasy.com. And if you give the promo code WWP, you get 15% off any membership you you sign up through there. Okay, so obviously you can listen to the podcast as well. But any membership you get, you get extra, you know, things that are only good for members, and it's worth it. Guys, I pay for it. I really do pay for it. It's definitely 100% worth it. It's absolutely made me a better fantasy player. So if you take your fantasy football seriously, go to EatSleepFantasy.com type in the promo code WWP at checkout and you get 15% off any membership. All right, without further ado, let's get us into that interview with Spags. All right, welcome welcome on to the show, a recurring guest at this point, uh host of or co-host of the Wise Guys podcast and a writer for Pat's Pulpit, Ryan's Spags. Spags, what's up, man?
0: What's going on, Pat? How are you? Just like the good old days, like I always say. It's uh finally so the season coming up and uh pretty excited about it. Pretty excited, I'm, I'm glad football's back and Obviously, the Patriots make Sundays a lot better than what they have been in the past.
1: Oh yeah. Well, and it's also you know the last game we watched it didn't exactly end the way we wanted it to, and so oh. it's a nice. Uh, thank God the season's starting. We don't have to worry about any of that crap in the off season anymore. So um, we are done with that. So that'll be that'll be interesting. Cool. So let's get right into it, man. What do you think this year? What do you what are you looking at this year? Who are the guys like you you think are going to be great this year or good this year, and who are you interested in? And I guess, I guess, kind of right away, what do you think is going to happen with the Patriots this year? What do you think they're What do you think they're going to do this year? You know,
0: you and I both know it's it's a really interesting year because they've had such a big turnover, and I, I really can't remember a time in this in this dynasty where they've had such a big turnover. Both, you know, especially on offense, you know, you lose Brandon Cooks. You know that that um you know that vertical route runner who's just fast and shifty obviously didn't have the year he you know a lot of people hoped for, but he did have a thousand yards. Most of that was because of the yards he ran. We lost fan favorite you know Amendola who was just so awesome, so clutch. We lose Nate Solder, you know uh, Dion Lewis. Just a lot of explosiveness on that offensive side of the ball. So it, it's interesting to see. I mean they 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 haven't lost they haven't won under eleven games since I think two thousand two when they went nine and seven.
1: That's correct. So I yep. mean
0: you can at least pencil I mean pencil, you can pen him in for at least eleven and five. I know the first four games are pretty difficult. I know you're missing Edelman. I think there'll be some growing pains. You and I both know, like I said, Belichick kind of treats these first four weeks as a preseason. Sees what he's got, you know, what what guys fit better in different schemes and all that. I mean, for a guy I'm I'm interested to see, and I, and I wrote about it earlier this week is I'm interested to see, uh, Philip Dorsett and how he can, you know, adjust to this offense and kind of make an impact in this year. I mean, he was traded for five days before the year last year. And, you know, you know how hard it is for these guys to adapt and learn this offense. And I mean, he's, he's been here for a year last year. He didn't have a role. He had guys like cooks and Amendola and Hogan and, and, you know, all those guys in front of him, he really didn't get the reps he wanted and now he's got a lot of weight on his shoulders because for the first four weeks he's their wide receiver too. You know, and I could see him running, you know, with Edelman, I think he'll be in the slot maybe the first, you know, four weeks, give give a little bit of the speed to that position. And then I think they can throw him outside and have him run some of the routes Brandon Cook's run because I think they're pretty similar receivers in, in the way they they play the game.
1: I agree with you and I actually think it would be a mistake to put him in the middle and ask him to do what Edelman does because he's not that type of guy. He doesn't like to go across the middle. He's not, that's just not who he is. You got to be tough, you know? Yeah. You know, and and not only you got to be tough, you got to be a little crazy. Okay. And I mean, let's be honest, right. You got to be a little nuts, but also I think too, you know, it's, it's what kind of routes do you run? And I think the cooks, you know, example is perfect because I think the reason they traded Cooks was they looked at a guy like Dorsett and they said, well, we have this guy on the roster. Now he obviously may not be as good as Brandon Cooks, but he's a guy that can run similar routes that Cooks ran and catch similar type passes where he's running a 10, 12 yard out, or, you know, a comeback to the sticks on third down or something along those lines. And then every now and again, stretch the defense. And I think that, you know, that's something that I think, they can replace Cooks with fairly easily. Again, Cooks, I mean, is a better player than people give him. That than we certainly gave him credit for. We were expecting him to come in and be Randy Moss, and that's just not what he is. That's not fair to put that on him. Um, but he was a good, he was a good receiver. And so Dorsett maybe is seventy five percent of what Cooks is. And if you get that out of him, you're happy with that, you know. And I don't, I don't see why they wouldn't be. And I don't see why you don't why where you wouldn't get out that get that out of him. Now, to if me, he,
0: he ran a four four point three three forty at the combine. You know, three years ago, right. the first round pick. I it and I fast. believe that that's one of the fastest ones of all. Like it's at least top five. I remember reading that when he came in because I didn't really know who he was, and I was like, wow, this kid's fast. So you yeah, know, he can definitely fast. help them. He's explosive.
1: Right, he's very fast. He's definitely can take the top off the defense if that's what they want to do. And you know, McDaniel's is known to take shots every now and again. He doesn't do it all the time but he is known to do it every now and again. I wonder if they're not going to try to do it with Patterson a little bit and see if they can use his size and as an advantage. Patterson's not a route tree guy. He's just not he's just not smart enough to do it. He he can't pick up the offense. He himself has said he had, you know, he struggled picking up the offense. He doesn't exactly know what's going on. And so he's not the type of guy you can, you know, plug in as your number 2 wide receiver, but he can be a gadget guy. He can run reverses. He can run quick screens. And every now and again, you send him on a go and say, "Go get the ball and see what happens." You know, and that's—I think that that's what you're going to see out of him on offense. Obviously, he's a return guy, you know, in the, in the kicking game. But on offense, I think that's where you're going to see Patterson the most.
0: Yeah, I, I agree, and I think too, you know, more on offense. Um too. too. I mean, we finally—I mean, hopefully, he stays healthy. He was banged up last year with the rib. I think he can kind of slide into that all purpose back um, that Deion Lewis had last year, um, you know, run and, and, and catch the ball because I think they got White, who's primarily going to be on the third, coming in the third down and second and long situations out of the backfield, maybe throw him in the slot a little bit. Um, Sonny Michelle, we haven't really seen what he can do. I think he's more of a power runner. I think Jeremy Hill will be like the Mike Gillisley that they wanted of last year mm-hmm. as long as he can hold on to the football. But I think Burkhead, too, is another guy where he can help you in multiple ways. A lot of people talking about the wide receiver position, you and I both know, it's not that big of an issue when you have great, great running backs and great running backs that can help you in the passing game, and you throw along Jacob Hollister you know, and Rob Gronkowski, they, they, they'll be fine moving the football. They've really never struggled with that, especially with Tom Brady at the helm.
1: I agree 100%. And that's the biggest thing is that I think you know if you're looking to replace the Edelman production that replacement is going to come from someone outside of the wide receiver position, whether it's going to be Hollister running the quick routes across the middle, whether you're running, hitting backs out of the backfield, you know, it's all about creating mismatches and, you know, and that's what the, that's what the offense is about anyways, but they're going to create mismatches in different ways now. And so maybe they come out with two backs and, you know, Brady's in the gun and you get the two backs next to him and one's Burkhead and one's white. And now what are you going to do? Right. And they can run out of that set too. And so that's, You know, that's where it gets interesting because Gronk's on the field. He's the best receiver on the field. He's also one of the best blockers on the field. So if he's lined up in line, you have to respect the fact that they could run the ball because he's that good of a blocker. But you also have to understand that you have to devote extra guys to him in the passing game. And maybe he stays in the block and you devote two guys to him. Now he stays in the block and a back comes out of the backfield and your weak side linebacker is on that guy and all of a sudden he can't. You know, it's – it's all about the matchups and creating mismatches and they do it better than anybody else in the league. And so, yes, you know, you're going to struggle with Edelman the first four weeks, but you know, that's going to come from other places and you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm worried about Burkhead just because I feel like, you know, he's injury prone. He runs so hard when he has the ball in his hands and it just scares me that he's going to end up getting hurt again. Um, and not be that kind of dual threat. Because you're right. You know, James White is a great catching the ball out of the backfield, but he has, he can't run the ball. He's not a good running back. And, you know, Burkhead kind of does a little bit of both. He's not as good of a running back as as Jeremy Hill is, but he runs hard, and he's a good running back, and he does really well catching the ball out of the backfield. So to have that dual threat is great. But, again, it just it worries me that he'll get hurt. But then, again, I had the same concerns about Deion Lewis, and he didn't. So who knows, you know?
0: Yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying. And I, and I think, you know, you're speaking on injuries. That's a part where the Patriots, you know, yeah, they'll be fine at wide receiver, but yeah, they're fine now. But say you lose a guy like Hogan, you lose a guy like Dorsett, you lose a guy like Patterson and, and Edelman, who knows how he'll come back after the knee? Then it's starting to say, Oh shit. You know, when in years mm-hmm. past, one of those guys goes down, okay. You plug Dorsett in or you give him and Dole a little bit bigger of a role we know Hogan can step up in any position, whether he's the wide receiver one or you know wide receiver four. That they don't have that ability now. Maybe they call Riley McCarran up from the practice squad, but you know who, what does he know? He's, he's, he hasn't really played it. I don't even think he's played an NFL game yet, a meaningful game. So that's uh-huh. where that's where it's going to get interesting. The, the the Patriots, you know, I I think a lot their their success is based off how healthy they can stay. And it's starting at the wide receiver position. Unfortunately, that's just the situation they're in.
1: Right. I mean, I agree 100%. That's, you know, and I guess that's the key for every team is staying healthy. But for the Patriots especially, you know, whether it's Edelman coming back or another guy, they cannot afford another injury that at that spot. And, you know, they brought in Hanson. The the other kid that they brought in, Owasu, whatever his name is, he failed his physical today, so he's out. You know, so um, the Hanson kid that they signed off of, I forget who's even practice squad. I think it might have been the Lions practice squad, but either way. Is he on the 53-man? He is because they they claimed him. So he's on the roster. Um, But, you know, even still, I just – I don't see how he makes an impact. I just don't see how you expect that guy to make an impact coming in, you know, on September 3rd or September whenever he got here, you know, the 3rd or the 4th. And you expect him to make an impact at some point this year. Certainly the first four games, I think it's crazy. So I don't expect anything really from him at all. You know, And, and McCarron, like you said, is fine. But he never, even when he was given the opportunities, he never flashed. He never showed me that he was like, that he was like, whoa, like this kid can, you know, can create separation and, you know, do the things you want him to do. I just never saw it from him. So maybe it's there somewhere, but we just haven't seen it yet.
0: Yeah. No, and I mean, you know, move over to the uh defensive side of the ball, obviously. We talked about it earlier in the show. The last game we watched was absolutely miserable. Where's probably the worst defensive mm. display we've ever seen, not not only in the Patriots and friggin' football, but
1: yeah.
0: um you know, I think they get Derek Rivers back, Claiborne's going to be a beast. Um, you know, Trey Flowers, Dietrich Wise, who's in his second year who was really really good last year. Front seven, you know, guy Shelton, um you know, Shaq Mason, um, guys like, oh, no, sorry, not Shaq Mason, Malcolm Brown. I yeah. always mix those two right. up. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, the secondary, you know, you got very good depth at safety and, and, and cornerback, they'll, they'll be okay. I mean, they they lost a lot. I think if Gilmore can step up and be the true number one and, you know, you plug guys in like John Jones, who's very good out of the slot and, and, um, you know, guys like that, I mean, Jason McCourty, who knows what, whether he'll play corner or safety, but, I think defensively they'll be fine. I mean, it's just—is the offense going to be good enough to score points? And they should be. But like, like I said again, it's it's a lot of what ifs and and guys we haven't necessarily seen before that I think we can see some growing pains the first four to six weeks.
1: Right, uh, and I totally understand that. I actually think the Patriots going to have a top ten defense in the NFL this year, not yeah, just I mean, scoring. They got, they got it right. And the thing is, is that you know they're always up there in scoring because they prevent scoring, but like. I mean like a legitimate top ten defense because their front seven is ridiculous. You know, the the depth that they have, and really Philadelphia last year is a great example. They had a ton of guys that they could mix in and out. You know, they throw this guy in, they throw that guy in, and this guy goes in, and you got, you know, you got you talk about just pass rushers now. You're talking about Adrian Claiborne, Derek Rivers, Dietrich Wise, uh Trey Flowers. And Adam Butler. That's five guys just on the defensive line that can get after the quarterback, right? And then you got a guy like Malcolm Brown, Vincent Valentine, who they cut but ended up on the practice squad. So he may come back up, you know, if there's an injury somewhere. They have tons of depth everywhere. And then you bring in a guy like Bentley, and Bentley, you know, played extremely well those first three preseason games. And I know they're preseason. And so there's no real way to what he'll do. But if you can take Hightower out of the middle, Hightower moves out of the middle and Bentley goes in the middle and then Hightower can kind of free reign wherever he wants to go on the outside, rushing off the guard. Like that's scary because Hightower is very, very good in the middle. And he's kind of that guy that he's so smart and he's so instinctive that he like gels that defense together. But when you allow him to kind of freelance a little bit, and I know freelance is a, is a rough term, especially when you talk about Jamie Collins. But, like, you know, you allow him to kind of, you know, do some different things and just stay in the middle. All of a sudden now he becomes a legit playmaker and you have Bentley in the middle and you have, you know, Van Noy as well who struggled last year. But he's out of position. If, if Van Noy, if it, where he is, is fine. If you try to put him in tower spot, he just can't do it. He's just not, He's not that guy. You know, and I think that front seven is going to be sick. And if Gilmore plays the way he played this past year, forget about it. I mean, they're, I don't know how anybody doesn't pick them as a, as a top 10 run, as a top 10 defense.
0: Yeah, I think you touched upon it great. And I, I can't believe I forgot, you know, Hightower. I mean, he's, like you said, he's, he's the king of that defense, especially that front seven. And you can see what he can do on the edge, too. I mean, freelance a little bit. He, calls the strip sack of Matt Ryan two years ago. I yep. think he's a better pass rusher than he gets than he gets credit for, and he's great against the run, and that's where they missed him last year. They missed him mightily in that Super Bowl because they couldn't stop a nosely whether it was running the ball or throwing the ball. And, you know, you get him in there, you, you get him to, like you said, freelance a little bit and plug guys in the middle like Bentley. Landon Roberts, who's who's a pretty hard-hitting linebacker and he he, he and some guys aren't too high on him but I thought he had a pretty good rookie year the year we won the uh, Super Bowl uh, maybe you know a little bit of a downfall last year but he's got some he's got some you know upside to him as well so yeah everything you said I mean I, I, I completely agree with you about the defense it's going to be a lot better than, next, than last year and it's ultimately going to help them and kind of take a little bit more pressure off the offense to that they almost have to score you know 30 points to win which we saw so much last year.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's the big thing, right? Is that don't put too much pressure on the offense, right? Because that's one of those things that comes back to bite you. You know, if if the, if the page and I look, I know the Patriots are great and their offense is great and Brady's great and all, I, I get it, but it doesn't matter. You know, if you say to him, you have to score every time you get the ball, that puts too much pressure on the offense. You can't do that to the rest of the offense. So, you know, to me, at least, I look at it and say, all right, you know, if that defense can step up, man, they're going to be scary, scary. So, you know, we'll see. But, I mean, I think – and and corner – I you touched on it a little bit, but I think if Jonathan Jones is there, then Jonathan Jones – okay, is there, I say. Jo- if Jonathan Jones is there in the Super Bowl, they win that game. Because I think Jones was a, a very underrated player. He went down. He was a big part of that defense, and they didn't have a slot guy. And Eric Rowe outside was fine, but losing that slot guy killed them. And they had no answer for anything else that, that was coming at them. And that changes the whole perspective of what's going on. Now the other guy's got to bump up. You know, everyone else has got to bump up, and everyone's playing out of position. So that to me was a big, was big
0: yeah they, like you said they didn't have a true slot corner and everyone liked to shit on Logan Ryan cuz he did give up some big plays but he was great in that uh 2016 playoff and did a great job in the slot in that Super Bowl versus um what is Taylor Gabriel and i think i mean right. i don't think Jonathan Jones is on Logan Ryan's uh Logan Ryan's level but if he can you know at least give you half of that and be able to cover a slot it's going to ultimately you know force you know, the safeties to help out a little bit downfield and, and, and like you said on the outside they're pretty good with Gilmore and whoever they decide to plug in there. I think Roe was horrible in that Super Bowl. And I was pretty high on him the year before when, you know, they had when they had Julio on him. I think he did a good job on Julio. I mean, granted he had a rough game, but I mean he, he's got some upside too. They got some depth deposition. They'll they'll find guys that can, you know, make it work.
1: Right. Well and the other thing to consider too is that they do have three rookies it, you know, in the, in the secondary, you look at, you know, Duke Jake Dawson, Jackson. who was right. Round right. Pick. Yeah. Right. Right. Brandon and Dawson, has
0: missed on those, those cornerbacks in the second round. So hopefully he passed. I know.
1: Out. So let's, let's hope not. Right. In this case. But I think, you know, Dawson was supposed to be like the premier slot guy coming out of the league, coming out of the draft. So we'll see what happens there. Um I know that he was a guy they targeted early. Like they, you know, went into that draft. I think focused on Duke Dawson. So, you know, we'll see. But, um, but you know, I I, I like the idea of him there. Keon Crossen's got elite level speed. Now, whether that can turn into, you know, very good defense or not is yet to be seen. But I think they like what they saw. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. So, um, but let's get off the Patriots. I, I agree. look, they're going to win the AFC East. As you said, they're going to go eleven and four, eleven and five, twelve and four, guaranteed, pretty much, yep. right? Let me go through. Uh, let me go through the the AFCs quickly. I have West. I got the Chargers winning the West, and the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs being a, a wild card team. I got the Steelers winning the North, and the Texans winning the South with the Jaguars as a wild as a second wild card team. How about you, AFC? A, just AFC at this point.
0: AFC, um, are, we, are you going to go by seeding or you just want to just pick the winner? We'll, we'll go by yeah, winners. Just, obviously, just winner. like I said, I agree with you, Patriots, 11-5, and 12-4. You can't expect anything less, like I said. They haven't lost under 11 games since 2002. Um, a- AFC North, Pittsburgh, I mean, granted, Le'Veon Bell, he's going to play. He's going to play well. He's been like this for years, obviously. He might be a little more frustrated. But at the end of the day, he wants to get paid. Um, I mean, obviously, they need guys to stay healthy, but they're, they're, they're very good on offense. And, you know, they, they can actually score to beat teams. They'll they'll win games by a basketball score if they have to. Uh, AFC right. South, I agree with you. I think Houston comes out of that. Um, I think the Jaguars take a huge step back. I think, honestly, that defense is very, very good. But I think that's a fluke year, and you're going to have to ask a lot. And you're going to have to have a lot of the same of Blake Bortles and Leonard Fournette coming off a sophomore uh, his rookie year, going into his sophomore year. How much can they, you know, do that again? Um, I I um, you know, maybe they slide in as a wild card team. They're an iffy to me. I, I predicted them on my show last week as an eight and eight, nine and seven team. I, I gotta see it again from them. I thought, you know, them making it to the AFC championship game, I was like, wow, that's impressive. I don't know if they can do it again. AFC West, no. I have the Chiefs. I think they're uh, you know, their defense is always, you know, top ten in the league. They're pretty good. Um, and I, I, li- I do like San Diego. You know, if you, if you talked to me about maybe a month ago, I might have threw, um, you know, the Raiders in there for that for that wild card spot. But after the last week and what John Gruden's been doing since then mm. is is head-scratching, they lose Martavis Bryant, who yeah. really could have helped them on offense because you know his talent. Um, but the Chargers, Phillip Rivers is a good quarterback. As long as he doesn't turn the ball over, they got some weapons. Keenan Allen, I mean, obviously they've lost so much. Hunter Henry, their other backup tight end think they lost the top pick on defense but melvin gordon had a monster year last year we were talking about his fantasy impact before the show Um, i like Mm -hmm. them sliding in as a six seed and you know maybe they upset pittsburgh who knows And we get them in the afc title game i know usa today actually predicted them to go to the super bowl and beat new england in the afc title game but i do like them to finally get back to the postseason and win that so there you go my two wild card teams are definite like on 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 San Diego, and I got to see it from Jacksonville. But since they had such a good year last year and they got a good defense, I guess I'll have to go with them for like a five six seed as well.
1: All right, I like it. I like it. Uh, by the way, it's L A. But I like I like the fact that you're I know, sticking I with keep the. San with Diego. the <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll tell you what. Weekend warrior. That's the weekend warrior rule, man. That's San Diego, not L A. Screw it. Screw L LA. A. <laughs> uh, NFC wise, I, East I think sucks in my opinion. I think the Cowboys. Aren't good. I think their their O line is not great. Um I think that they're um you know so to me the Redskins are far away. I think the Giants are gonna be better than they were last year, but they're still far away. I i just I gotta go Eagles, AFC, NFC East. I don't love the Eagles. I think nine and seven, ten and six wins that division, and I guess the Eagles can do that again. I don't believe it, but I also don't believe in any of those other teams. So I believe in the Eagles. I mean I didn't believe in the Eagles last year and they won the Super Bowl. So I just said, well, screw it. I would pick the Eagles again because what the hell do I know? Uh, west, I got the Rams. I think the Rams win that division easily. Uh, and the North, I have the Vikings winning the North and the Packers making the wild card. The Packers have the hardest, uh, the hardest uh, strength of schedule in in football. So I think they, you know, don't win that division. And then in the South, I got the Saints win the South. And I was back and forth between Carolina, and Atlanta. I went Carolina. Um, in the wild card but i think the second wild card comes from the south
0: all right i like that um i'll start off with the nfc east i agree with you i think it sucks everyone calls it the nfc beast i don't know why maybe it's because they all <laughs> beat up on each other and it's so unpredictable but um i'm actually going to go out on a limb here and i think the giants have what it takes i know it it hurts me to say that um they were a team that was just so banged up last year and they had a very good team the year before remember we were you know, sweating, mm-hmm. thinking, "Oh no, here's this giant team. Uh, we might see him in the Super Bowl again." And and thankfully, you know, Aaron Rodgers beat them. Um, but uh, I think they get Sterling, they get Odell back. He's paid, he's healthy, he looks great. I mean, you that kid. I mean, I don't like the Giants, but I can't help but respect that kid's game. He's unbelievable. Sterling Shepard's back. You know, they got a left tackle to protect Eli. They got Saquon Barkley, who's a beast. So I like mm-hmm. the I like the Giants to win that division, maybe at a ten and six. Um, I like Philly as a wild card around a nine and seven. Um, in the North, I know I'm a little out of order that you went. I like uh. Green Bay winning the North. I think Aaron Rodgers, if he can stay healthy, he's Aaron Rodgers for a reason. Can do what he can. My other wild card team will be the Vikings. Uh, if we go out to the West, I like what you said. Uh, LA Rams got it right this time, didn't call them St. Louis. I, <laughs> I think they're very explosive on offense. You know, girly, uh, they, they locked up, um, you know, Brandon Cooks for a long time. I think he can help in that little bit of a West Coast offense and in that AFC West. Uh, Aaron Donald got paid, Adamic and Sue. They're loaded. I think they can win and potentially even get the one seed. And in the South, yeah. I like Atlanta, I, re- I really do. Um, I think, uh, you know, Matt Ryan, he just, he got paid last year. Julio's happy. He just got paid. They got some explosive offense um, as long as they can hold up their bargain on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think the Saints will kind of take a step back this year. You know, Drew Brees getting a little bit older. Who knows how good Alvin Kamara can be. Mark Ingram was suspended and a lot of their success came from that two back, you know, tandem that they had. And with Ingram out four games and, you know, Kamara being that little shifty small back. Who knows if he can stay healthy for another full season. So there you go. There are my NFC predictions right there.
1: All right. I like it. I like it. I don't want to spend too much time on the Giants because I had Clem on last week and we talked to a lot of Giants. I know.
0: I listened to it on the plane right home, man. Uh,
1: well, see, so appreciate that. But, uh, yeah. but I agree with you. I mean, long story short, I agree with you. I think they have the weapons on offense. Their O-line is so much better than it was last year. I think that they can really make a leap. And I think that NFC East kind of take all take a step back, Um, and you know in that case the Giants could kind of vault up and and like you say ten and six even nine and seven maybe win that division. So um, so we'll see. You know we'll see what happens in the AFC. I can't imagine anyone beats the Patriots. Look, I mean unless the Patriots fall apart
0: until they prove it, you know,
1: until someone else proves it. I mean, see Pittsburgh. People keep telling me Pittsburgh is 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 the biggest competition for the Patriots in the AFC, and I'm like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's never beat the Patriots in a game that matters, ever. Never. It's never happened since 1997, right, when they did it with Cordell Stewart. Like, it's just – it hasn't happened. And so, you know, I look at it and say it's never going to happen until Pittsburgh proves that they can do it. And I don't think they prove it this year. And honestly, I don't know if Lev Bell even comes back. I mean, he's going to come back, but I don't know when he's going to come back and if he's going to be healthy. So. It should be fun to watch. I can't wait. I can't believe it. Thursday is it's the first game. It's so exciting. Of course, I, I can't watch the, the first, like, I'm not going to watch, like, the first 45 minutes of the game just to make sure I miss any of that crap at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I'm excited it's back. So, Spags, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, before you go, plug yourself a little bit.
0: Brian uh, Spags, obviously a reoccurring guest, just started Pat's Pulpit writing with Pat, got him on board. Uh, I think we give two. Pretty good opinions on the Patriots. I know, I know you're you're more of the hot take article. You get the views. It's it's uh you get some good takes, and uh, I like the you know the in depth part of the game. Um, I'm releasing a series right now. The Patriots top five breakout players. I had five at Dietrich Wise, four at Rex Burkhead, number two, a uh, number three, Philip Dorsett, and releasing the number two and number one there. Uh, nice. big weekend warrior guy with uh you know athletic uh, hockey coming around the corner. So. That's when you got to bring out the weekend warrior. When you get those weekends off, you got to let it rip. So, there you go. <laughs> Big fan of the show, Pat. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon, brother. Thanks for having me on, and uh, I'll get
1: you on our soon. All right, Spags. Sounds good. Take care, buddy. All right, take care, man. All right, that was a great interview with Spags. I want to thank him for coming on the show again. It's always fun talking to him. Uh, you know, we used to host a show back in the day. Maybe we'll be hosting another one. You never know. Um, but he's always a good guy and uh, super knowledgeable, and it's always fun to talk patriots with him. So, appreciate him coming on. Um, before we get into the two segments, I do want to remind you that Beard Brand is a premium men's grooming company with products not only for your beard, but also for your hair and body. Do yourself a favor and head over to beardbrand.com and take care of yourself. Remember, it's the fall, which means the beard's coming back, baby. So make sure you, you stock up on all the beard brand stuff. You get the utility bomb, they get the utility bar now, they got all sorts of you know, beard moisturizer and beard cleaner. Absolutely, one hundred percent have to do it to the best beard company on the market. So go to beardbrand.com. All right, let's get into the segments. And now for something a little different.
0: Check, check, check. Three minute drill. Three minute drill. Said.
1: One thing's for sure with Tom Brady, he is one hundred percent ready to go. Ready to go for this year. He is pissed. He is motivated, and he is feeling good it looks like uh you know the last tom versus time episode six kind of ended obviously on a somber note they lose the eagles uh you know when he's a little upset obviously and he's questioning things and people are like oh is he done is he gonna retire he's almost. like you know the epilogue comes out and uh, i'm talking to you wednesday night the epilogue comes out this morning or i guess this afternoon and he's ready to go f the haters let him talk Right, and you know, let him keep going on about Guerrero and about this going on and that going on. And he tells you there were some issues. I'm not gonna lie to you; there were issues, and I'm sure there were. If you work with someone that closely for long enough, you're gonna have some issues between the two of you. But it seems like they've made up. Brady realizes that part of it was him and his mentality as well, and not just Belichick and the coaches and and you know, and the organization. So I think that that's important. He is ready to go, okay? He doesn't care about the haters. And he even said, he goes, I just don't, I just don't care anymore, okay? They had to bleep him out, as a matter of fact. Because he just doesn't care. He doesn't care what anyone else has to say. He's doing things his way. And I'll tell you what, he's going to play to 45. I'm convinced he's going to play to 45 unless he gets hurt. And I wasn't sure about it. I really wasn't. But after watching him... And after watching just that, even just that epilogue, it just, it's, it's clear as day. That's all he wants to do. And he says, it's going to be hard, but I think I'm up for the challenge, and I want to do it. And one of the things you got to look at is, I think that him spending time with his family is an interesting thing to look at. Any of you married people out there, okay? I know I'm married, okay? And i got to make concessions sometimes to my wife. Okay, okay, you want to go out with the boys this weekend? Well, you got to spend some more time, you know, with the kids uh, one other night, and I get to go to the gym or go out with my friends or whatever, okay? And so for, for him, it's kind of the same thing, okay? You want to keep playing football? That's fine. I'm surprised you want to keep playing, honestly, right? Giselle probably said there's no way he's going to play to 45. Look at her on Tom, Tom vs. Time last season. She's like, he's like, two more. And she's like, two more what? <laughs> and so she's like thinking he's going to be done, He's not done. So she says, "You know what? I'll sign up for this whole forty-five garbage. But if I do that, you're gonna sit there and tell me you're gonna spend time with with your family during the off season because you don't spend any time with your family during the season. And now you're gonna be spending five more years away from your family. You're spending the summer with us, and you can work on the side. That's fine. And I think that that's what it comes down to. And it's making concessions to his wife and." And yes, he's still working. Yes, he's still putting in the work. And yes, he's still ready to go. But he's got to put that that family time in. So I'm excited about it. I'm ready to go. Tom's ready to go. I, I can't wait until Sunday. And so, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. But it should be fun. All right. Let's go. And now for something we think you'll really like. This week in sports history. All right. I'm going to go in chronological order, as I always do. Uh the first is September third, nineteen forty five, and that is when American chess grandmaster Ruben Fine completes four speed masters of chess chess simultaneously, which is crazy. Except of course he was blindfolded. So he has ten seconds per move, and his opponents had thirty seconds per move. Uh ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And so for him to kind of you know do it, not only do it, but then also do it blindfolded four at a time. It is just nuts, okay? He actually quit uh, chess to be a Freudian psychologist in 1951. How about that? So he's an interesting cat, um, but I thought that was an interesting one. Ruben Fine from 1945. All right, September 3rd, 1991, the MLB Statistical Accuracy Committee votes to drop the asterisk next to Roger Maris's 1961 home run record of 61 home runs, which obviously passed Babe Ruth at the time. Now, what's interesting about it is that the asterisk wasn't really there. Okay? It kind of was there, kind of wasn't there. It's like one of those weird things. The AO expanded from 154 to 162 games in 1961, and Commissioner Ford Frick decided that if Maris didn't break the record by game 145, that it wouldn't count, which is just foolish. Okay, Uh, but Maris, interestingly enough, hit his 61st home run on game 162, and I believe tied the record after 154 as well. So, uh, you know, he didn't do it in 154, but like, who cares? You know, that's the rule. That's, you guys changed the rules. I don't know why it wouldn't matter. So there are still some people that say that Asterix is still there, don't, you know, or didn't at least look at it as the record um but that's kind of silly to be if we're being honest That's just silly so uh roger maris 1961 and again 30 years later gets rectified unfortunately maris died in 85 so he wasn't even alive for that to happen but you know his family was happy about it and uh, of course they you know they still say that you know he should be recognized and with all the steroids going on in baseball maybe he should still be recognized as the number one guy but that's neither here nor there Uh, and the last one september 6 1995 Cal Ripken plays in his 2131st consecutive game, passing Lou Gehrig, of course, um, for the most consecutive games played all time. Um, just a, a ridiculous stat that, you know, takes lots of different things going on, um, you know, to kind of do that. What's interesting about Gehrig is he pulled he's the one that pulled himself out because he said I'm not I'm not hurt I'm hurting the team more than I'm helping the team. Obviously he had ALS and he was getting sick and, and didn't realize it. Or I guess did realize at the time, but hadn't been diagnosed at the time. Uh, and so, you know, a little bit different scenario, clearly, with him and Cal. Um, but yeah, so that was an interesting day, September 6th, 1995. That's all I got. Okay, I want to say thanks to Spags again for coming on the show. Check him out on Pat's Pulpit on Twitter. Um, he does a really, really great job. And, I, and like he said... Uh, he got me into to writing part-time for Pat's Pulpit as well. I'm still on WTP Sports as well writing, um, but I am going to be on Pat's Pulpit as well this year. So that's pretty cool. I um, want to thank Marcus from the Boxers Podcast for the intro song and the two cuts. Uh, as always, you, you got to check out Marcus and Wesley reviewing movies uh, every Monday. Spoiler-free reviews. Unbelievable. Uh, they did Deadpool 2 this week so that's it was a fun it was a fun fun uh podcast so you got to listen to that and honor the triforce okay so uh want to give a big thanks to mdot and core for the outro song that's mdot boston and at kore of ems dot just performed uh at the kemp festival over in the czech republic and core was over there with them and dot released kind of a, a, a cd and it's a CD. It's it's not online. It's not you can't download it online. It's just a hard copy CD, and it is fire. Just absolute fire. Um, and so you know if you get a chance to kind of you know hit him up on Twitter and say, man, let me get one of those CDs, and maybe he'll mail you one or whatever. So um, you know definitely do that because it's definitely worth it. So check that out. Um, and for me, as always, on Twitter, it's at WeekendWarpod, W-K-N-D-W-A-R-P-O-D. No E's in Weekend. Okay, it's simple. It's also at WTP Lane, so you can do that as well, okay? Uh, the email address is the same thing, Weekend Warpod, no ease at gmail.com. So it's the same as the Twitter handle, just at gmail.com. Absolutely send me any any messages. Both the DMs are open on either side. Ask me questions. You don't want to just tweet at me. Send me a DM and say, hey, you know, I was thinking about this or what about this question. Whatever you want to talk about. I'll talk about anything. I'm here to talk sports. That's what I do. Okay? So, I, I, you know, reach out anytime you, anytime you want to. All right? Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. If you get a chance, go on iTunes, hit subscribe, hit rate and review. I'd really appreciate it. Got to get those reviews up. Um, that would be awesome if you could do that. So, thank you so much. And, uh, man, football is this week. This week is football. I can't believe it. It's fantastic. So, anyways, have a great week, and I will talk to you next week. And we'll be recapping, recapping game one, week one, I guess, of the NFL. But game one for the Patriots. Oh my God, here we go. Simmons, no time
0: out. You gotta go.
1: Range three. Yes. You only to tune This is show, bro. the game upside down like a snow globe. We can. It's a podcast. What you call the commentary? Kid, I call trash. Warriors come out to play. We can warriors. It's a podcast. What you call the commentary? Kid, I call trash. Hey yo, WCP. Warriors, especially on the weekend Looking for that sports talk, this is where it been, man Breakdowns on your favorite teams And all that, hear about the starters Long before the ball snap, you can call Pat or go ahead and call Mike, cause we here All night, no time to stall, right Two seconds left, clutch on, it's go time That on the old line watch the losers yo, Go on, turn me up on that radio Dial,
0: it's been a while since I played But I'm here with a smile, I'm taking Jump shots, getting in minute are mild, I'm out of breaking Records like Bill Russell, kid has got Muscle, being polite when I'm this mic you see the city of chance coming to victory dance buddy it's radio talk so turn it up when it's on we're gonna listen
1: and rock to what it is that you want warriors y'all need to tune in this is show bro
0: 18 plus.